Here's what's coming up on today's show. I'm basically a career student, essentially, and I tell my kids that, and they just look at me like, what in the world are you talking about? Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. Well, hello and welcome back in to Perfect Game Retirement. I'm happy to have you on the show. I know Ryan is as well. We got a, a good conversation today. We're going to talk about age and wisdom and how that impacts financial planning. Should be a good episode. As always, we encourage you to visit us online, blackoakam.com. Plenty of great tools and resources there on the website, but you can also schedule a Retirement Coach 360 session online with Ryan, who is a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro. Ryan, welcome in. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm gaining knowledge and wisdom, but also gaining age. So I check both those boxes. They go hand in hand, don't they? <laughs> yeah. We learn so much as we get older. It's it's really interesting. I mean, there's there's things that uh, I think we all kind of, like the light bulb comes on in many instances, like, oh, that's that would have been good to know a long time ago. Or like, oh, especially as you gosh, become yeah. a parent, you're like, man, I know, now I realize what my parents were doing or why they did what they did or said what they said because it makes much more sense now that I can actually understand and comprehend uh, the outcomes. Yeah, 100%, especially having a, a preteen. I got a daughter who's turning uh, 13 in November and some of the things that bother her and worry her, I'm like, really? <laughs> but it got in their, their stage of life, it's like that's super important. But I mean, we're going through the whole phone thing and mm. social media, which she does not have either. Um, but I think the phone thing is coming to an end. We're going to have to not have to, shouldn't say have to, but eventually get her that. But yeah, it, it's like things you gain over time, gain knowledge you gain over time. You're like, yeah, your, your parents weren't as stupid as you thought. You know, maybe I don't, I, I'm guessing your daughter uh, doesn't listen to the podcast, Lindy, but do a lot of her friends have the phone? Cause I'm, I'm I've always thought about that is I've, my daughter's much younger, so I still got a little time for I have to figure that out. But mm-hmm. I, I just envision it being a, a major battle. Huge battle. Uh, I think she is one, maybe the only or one of the only kids. She's just a sixth grader. I mean, obviously almost seventh grade, but yeah, it, it's amazing. Uh, so she uses my wife's phone a lot. So most, you know, she hides it as far as hides it from her friends, like thing, oh, this is my phone. So she'll use it at home. But yeah, I mean, I pick her up from the carpool line at middle school and every single person is just staring straight down at her phone and she's just kind of standing there. I'm like, yeah, it's nuts. I mean, it's beyond nuts. But there are some, I mean, that that's just the way they communicate, learn. You know, they had an issue at school and they're like, oh, text your parents, you know, because there was a weather emergency or whatever. And it's like, okay, my kid can't. So, you know, I can cherry pick that and be like, oh, it's kind of unfortunate she didn't have one to be able to communicate. But, you know, there are times she's home alone now because, you know, she's getting to that age. And so it's it's almost a have to, still not a have to because we survived. Um, but it's just, yeah. it's a different age and stage. You just have to have really, really strict rules on that stuff because, they're still 12, so that phone's not theirs. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Did uh, what, How old were you when you got your first cell phone? Um, I think I think it was my first, maybe my second year of Pro Bowl. Um, oh, because wow. Because I remember, yeah, so I was, it was 97, 98, I yeah. believe, was my first phone. But I uh, could have maybe had one in high school. I don't remember having one, but I do remember specifically in pro ball because I was up in like New York playing somewhere. And I remember like my cell phone plan, I could talk for 15 minutes a day without paying <laughs> those, you know, crazy overages yeah. and 
you know, uh, and so I remember like having to ration that out at 15 minutes a day with, with my phone that I had. Yeah. I got mine when I was 16, but yeah, the capabilities were so much more different obviously, but also you were limited just even, and texting wasn't even a big deal. Like you'd still would never like text. You'd still call before you would text anybody. It was like, I'm not going to text. I'll call you. But yeah. It's like, like the opposite. I, do that? <laughs> yeah, I remember having that same thought. I'm like, why don't you just pick up the phone? I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like I'm 90 years old. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I could go down this road forever. I got one more question for <laughs> you though, because you, t- you mentioned her being at home. Do you have a landline still? No, we do yeah. not have that. Okay. No. So maybe that's your option. You can get a landline and, and give her that out for when she's home alone. She can call has a, a way to get in touch with people that way. I don't know. You can, you can tell my daughter that. <laughs> I'm not, that. No, I'm just giving you ideas. You can have, you can have that conversation. All right. Uh, let's, well, since we've learned so much already, let's uh, share that wisdom on with everybody else. That's because right, wisdom. <laughs> as you know, things change in life. Goals change. Priorities change. Um, and you want to have a plan, right, that can evolve and, and kind of match your unique needs as they change as well. So wanted to spend a little time just talking about the ways age and wisdom impact financial planning and our strategies. And and also I would like to try to provide some tips and insights here to help people make informed decisions about their finances. So why Ryan is, is age so important? Let's start there. Why is age so important in, in financial planning? Yeah. I mean, we touched on some of these points, kind of our intro. It's just life changes so much. Uh, there's certain events that can change course in no time. I mean, I tell people when we do a retirement income plan, whether you're 40, 50, 60, whatever that looks like, I tell them this is this is like your rough draft in language arts class in high school. There's going to be red marks all over this thing, but it's at least a start. At least it gives you something to go on because something tragic could happen from a, a death in the family to a divorce to losing a, a parent uh, a child. I mean, there's so many things that you're like, okay, here's the way life's going to be. And that's doesn't happen. Uh, just does not happen that way. So there's, there's constantly pivots and changes that need to be done and age changes those things as you go through, as you have kids, as you have aging parents. Um, again, we talked about on here before my mom's already passed away. So it's just, it's just my dad on my side. Uh, my wife's father just passed away last year, so it's just her mom uh, that's left. So when you start having one parent left, then you're like thinking, okay, when they pass, this is everything that needs to be done because I'm the executor of, of, of my dad's will and estate. And so there's a lot of things that we discuss and talk about and, and stuff that we didn't talk about 10 years ago. Um, so as he's getting older and just she's actually – 76 years old. So happy birthday, dad, as the recording of this show. If you, if you do listen to this, um, hopefully he does, but I don't know if my dad listens or not. <laughs> um, he, he probably doesn't cause I live right next door to him. So I was like, oh, I see him all the time. I don't listen to this. Here enough. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, age just makes a huge difference on these things and it's, it's just constantly changing life changes. That's the one certainty is, is change in life. And so age definitely changes your focus. It changes the goals that you are and that's what you're trying to do. And that's why financial planning is just so important. It's not like the days of a stockbroker, like that, that's almost, I shouldn't say extinct, but if you're a financial advisor, you're not just buying funds for people. Like do that on your own. If that's what you're looking for, you don't need a financial advisor. There's so many pieces to this puzzle of caring for a parent or trying to find an elder law attorney that you may need to, to navigate the nuances of putting your parent in a uh, facility and what you can and can't do asset. I mean, there's so many things that go into this. 
if you just want somebody to beat the stock market every year, don't hire a financial advisor. Just do that on your own. That's not that's not what we get paid to do. It's that's part of what we get paid to do, but it's putting all this stuff together. And and again, I've said this before on here. I, did, I had a client who I, I got him as a client, and then within a year he had passed away. So his his wife's still a client, but I remember before he passed away, he's like, how do people do this on their own? How do they make these decisions without bouncing ideas or knowing what to do and what to ask? Like the previous episode, we talked about Social Security. Just knowing what to say and to ask, that's how an advisor, a true financial planner earns their pay is navigating these waters as they go through life. Right. So age so important, obviously certain milestones as well that you'll hit uh, depending on your age that are so important with planning as well. So start there. Now wisdom, I guess you know, we know, you know, obviously we want to be smart and intelligent and make wise decisions, but how would you define wisdom in, in the role that, you know, how it fits into financial planning? Yes. So this is a great question. Uh, so right now we are inundated with information Constantly, 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 whether we pick up our phone and look ourselves or we hear it on the radio or just go on any website, any Google search. I mean, it's information overload. And our job as advisors is to sift through all that clickbait and noise that is out there and offer up wisdom because wisdom is what they need, not information. We have more information than we've ever had in our entire lives and some people's lifestyles, whether it's, you know, weight loss or, you know, those things just, they, everything's at our fingertips, but people either do it or they don't. Um, so when it comes to the wisdom part, wisdom is what is best for them and what they're trying to do. So I had a client reach out to me not too long ago and ask all these questions that they heard on said TV station, not going to mention who they are. But they listen to these things, and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. None of it applied to them. Zero. I'm like, that doesn't apply to you. Oh, it doesn't? No. Hmm. So there's the wisdom part. Like, that's just, you're getting all worked up and stressed out for nothing because that doesn't apply to you. Yeah, the stock market may have done this, this, and this. Well, you only have a sliver of your funds or your investments in market-based investments or whatever it may be. It's just that that didn't apply to their situation at all. Uh, the banking issue that just came up uh, not too long ago, and I had to send this out to all of our clients because the Silicon Valley thing, somehow Charles Schwab gets like drug into this. And it, it's they were two completely different situations. But also, I mean, we custody at Charles Schwab and the banking side is different than the investing side. So then I had to send out things to clients in a video and saying, hey, here's here's what Schwab banking side, here's all the FDIC insurance deposits they have versus Silicon Valley Bank. But your investments are on the investment side, the broker dealer side, the RIA side, they're not on the banking side. So it has nothing to do. So that's the wisdom part that I have to keep keep up with because it has to pertain the wisdom is to their situation, not what's just going on in general, because it may not affect them at all. Interesting. Talking about age and wisdom and how it impacts financial planning. Let's talk about the life experiences we gain. Uh, as we've kind of mentioned at the very beginning of the show, you know, as we get older, we experience so much more and things start to make more sense and we gain more clarity in, in, in certain areas. But 
Is it important to incorporate some of those things that uh, that you've experienced and some of the lessons you've learned in life into your financial planning? Or and, and how often maybe do you see that those two things kind of come together? Yeah, I mean, even you know, sharing stories on this of, of clients that we do work with. Obviously, we're not mentioning names or anything like that, but these are stories, and people can relate to those stories uh, and experience that you have. So, I look back when I first got into this business eleven years ago. And I think back and then think about what where I'm at now. I still have a ton to learn and to know, but that's why I keep I'm basically a career student essentially. And I tell my kids that and they just look at me like, What in the world are you talking about? So you constantly have to keep learning because if you don't, then you're gonna fall by the wayside, if you will. So I'm constantly because there's new laws that are changing every year, especially with taxes and anytime you have a new congressional group or a new president coming in it's like okay here we go what changes do we got coming on it's going to happen um so just thinking of those experiences and then sharing those experiences and stories with prospects or clients or anyone listening here you share those stories because oh you you can pick a piece out and go okay that's that's kind of what i'm dealing with maybe not exactly but okay that makes sense or oh i'm dealing with that exact same thing so you hear something that resonates with them and i do like every friday morning i do a video uh, of and i record it and i send it out only to clients and it could be anything that's going on well i sent one out a few weeks ago about my wife's and my car situation well Long story short, we drove her car into the ground basically. So she needed a new one. It was way too expensive to repair it. So we're like, okay, let's get another one. We hadn't, you know, you hadn't had one in nine, 10 years or something like that. So we buy them and we, you know, run the wheels off of them. So at the same time, my transmission in my car went out. It was, it's about 150,000 miles. So it was kind of time for transmission replace. So that happened the next week, and then I go to use my kind of spare truck, my my Chevy Avalanche, my 2005 that's got like almost 240,000 miles on it. Love that thing. I'll never get rid of it. But I go into the car one day, and I'm like, what are all these pieces of paper in here? There's little thing, little paper towels everywhere. I'm like, what in the world is that? And I look in the glove box, and there's a mouse nest. Oh, um, man. In the glove box. So I shared all this and I had so many responses. It had nothing to do with finances. Well, I guess the right. moral of the story was have an emergency fund. So when situations like this come <laughs> up, you can buy stuff that you need. But yeah, I got more responses than that because it was an experience. It was a story. And to incorporate all that, and I got more responses on that of people sharing their own stories and then just saying, hey, thanks for being relatable. Thanks for sharing these th- these these stories that we live in a Facebook world where we only share the good parts of our lives. Yeah. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, <laughs> kind of like with your daughter and a cell phone. I mean, like those are those are things everyone can relate to, right? That has kids. So, oh yeah, uh, it's very similar. All right, uh, a few other kind of just areas I, I'm kind of want to explore with you. When I think age, technology changes so quickly, and I know there's going to be a time, Ryan, where we're going to go. I just can't understand daughter, son. What, what, what are you talking about? What, what is this, what is this new thing that you use? How do you use this? I don't know how to even turn it on. Like there's going to be that time. So with technology and, and age and technology, how does that change the way you kind of go about it? Cause I'm sure there's some people that are really comfortable. Hey, let's just hop on a zoom call Ryan and, and just knock everything out there versus people that say, Hey, I want to sit down be face to face with you, sit down and, and be in person and talk things through. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's, it's different. Um, age is I'm going to do a stereotype here, but age kind of, you can follow that trend. Uh, there's still people, but the younger that still like, we're still humans. We still like connection. We still like being in front of one another. Some have different levels of comfort when it comes to being in front of people. But when they sit down with an advisor, most people still like to do that, especially in the beginning 
we really stress to meet in person as opposed to Zoom. Zoom is a great maintenance tool uh, mm -hmm. where you don't necessarily want to just talk on the phone, but you want to see screen to screen. It's not eyeball to eyeball, but screen to screen. So you can at least see them. So it's still somewhat relatable. So it's a, maybe a, a half a step above a phone call, but still coming into the office is still, I still think the best way to conduct meetings. Now I get it. People's lives are busy. We live in the Atlanta area where traffic sucks. I mean, it's terrible. Uh, so there's constant issues with traffic. So I understand that. And, and we don't work with everybody that's within a, you know, 20 mile radius of, of where we're at. So obviously, you know, COVID threw that into fast forward. So it made a lot more people more comfortable with things like that. But when we do get a new client now, our, our onboarding process has completely changed even in the last few months of doing like digital workflows and, and, you know, doing a QR code where we capture people's information. That way we can pre-fill the digital workflows or the DocuSigns through Schwab. I mean, stuff like that. We used to do, we used to do all that paper in person and you scan it and email it in. And I mean, it was just now seems very archaic um, where those systems have become much more efficient. So yeah, the, we are going to get to that age, uh, age one day. Where we're like, what, what is this? Because it's mm -hmm. just going to get out of our, you know, once you stop working, that's kind of when you stop <laughs> from knowing technology usually just like when you get married that's kind of where your fashion stops <laughs> right. or when you have kids like you have kids and your fashion just stays the same the rest of your life <laughs> <laughs> try, try to avoid that if i can but um anyway so there are some some roadblocks when it comes to that so everybody's a little bit different you may have to still do a application in person where people are physically signing it and then we send them a copy of it that that's still a thing but now it's like qr codes text message uh, approved text messaging. I mean, you can do that now. Yeah. I'm already like thinking ahead to like how much AI is going to change things and, oh, yeah. and, and, and like how, how at some point we're going to be like, you know what? I don't need, I'm not going to keep up anymore. Like yeah. let, let you, let y'all have it, let you deal with it. Um, I, I can already see that being a big hurdle for us at some point, yeah. but all right. What, one last thing, uh, emotions. I know emotions are a big part of, you know, finances and money and financial planning. Are, are there any, I don't know if there's any certain emotions maybe that are more problematic for, for certain ages. Um, you know, when you're working with people, are there things that they're worried about more than others, like retirees versus pre-retirees? Or, you know, do you not see that as much um, as it relates to age? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing with age is, is more of a working life age. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. I just see a lot of people when they do not receive a paycheck anymore, especially people who don't have pensions it's it, it grips a lot of people with fear uh, because once they put in that notice and they're done for some people they know that they may not be able to go back to work because you know age discrimination is not supposed to be a thing but let's call it it's a thing uh, so when you're a certain age and you try to go back into the workforce if you will it's a little, usually a little more, more difficult uh, to find a to find a job but uh, it's, it's definitely now for some people, I just had a client retire not too long ago and it's the most freeing experience of his life. I mean, he's just like, heck yeah. Now he was more labor intensive. So it was something that he really wanted to do from a physical standpoint. And he did. And we went through that and just being able to tell people comfortably that they can retire is, is for me is the greatest feeling, uh, when we work with people. Uh, but usually the age base is more of a work age base. Um, if they're not working anymore, it's just setting their mind at ease that they're they're okay, especially if they don't have a pension. If they have a pension, a little easier discussion to have because you got Social Security potentially. 
and a pension and then the assets on top of that. Uh, I talked to another client uh, uh, earlier this week and I'm like, you could have retired a few years ago. <laughs> um, but it was just more of that assurance like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be done uh, sometime this year. I'm going to be done and they could be more than have more than enough uh, to retire on with a pension and social security. So that's, that's just the gratifying part of my job when it comes to, to people's age and their, and their lifespan and where they're at. All right. Very good. That's an interesting conversation. And, and you could definitely, I'm sure anybody can kind of relate to some of what we talked about in terms of, you know, how our, our life and our perspective and, and experiences change the way we view things, especially with money as well. But it does impact uh, the work that you do with, with your clients there at Black Oak Asset Management as well. So if you have questions, you can always log on blackoakam.com. You might be able to answer some of your questions just through the resources that, that Ryan has there. Plus our podcast, we've gone through a lot of great uh, conversation on uh, financial planning topics, retirement topics as well. So you can check those out. But if you want to call, it's 470-508-0508. We've had a couple of people that uh, have sent some questions to us, Ryan. I want to get to a couple here. Uh, first, Claire in Athens. She says, I got a big bonus a few weeks ago, so big that my 401k is now maxed out for the year because so much went into the 401k from that single paycheck. But I still want to save for the rest of the year, so where should I be saving? Uh, good question, Claire. I mean, that's a good problem to have. I mean, moving forward, uh, just you, you may want to check with HR. Now, if you like, you didn't say if you like or dislike that bonus going into a portion of that going into your 401k. So you might ask your HR to see if those bonuses – if you can elect not to go into your 401k, and I say only that just to say it could be an option because you could spread out your 401k. If, you're, if you want to max out your 401k and your contribution percentage is high enough that it could max out on your base salary, you could do that. But again, you didn't say if you like or dislike it. Just want to throw that out there to you, Claire. Uh, if you want to keep doing that, keep doing that. So the rest of the year, since you'll have basically an increase in pay because you're not putting that money into your 401k, Depends on your income, Claire. You could do a Roth IRA, uh, but there are income thresholds on that. You still could do a traditional IRA, but since you have access to a 401k and if your income is high enough, then it won't be deductible. But hey, it's still savings. Hey, just an investment account is probably your next best step. Uh, investment account is just a brokerage account that's not, it's called a non-qualified, meaning it's not a quote-unquote locked up like an IRA. It's You can use it for retirement, but it's something that's liquid. You can get to it when you want to. You invest it however conservative or aggressive that you want to be, but there's no limits. There's no income limits on it. You can put – You could. I tell the clients this. I kind of kid around. If you win the lottery tomorrow, you could put every dime into a brokerage account, whatever you net after taxes, you could put into a brokerage account. There's no – there's no limit on how much you put in there. So I like that account because it's invested, but yet it's not tied up forever. And Claire, you didn't state your age on here either, but I don't know what your age is, but if you're in your 20s, 30s, or 40s, or 50s, I don't know, you may, that brokerage account's a nice place to, to put uh, investing and, and still have access to it if you need it. All right, great question, Claire. Thanks for that one. Uh, here's one from Doug. In Thomasville, Doug says, someone told me that I should start doing some Roth conversions with money in my IRA, but I've always been told that I make too much money to do a Roth, so I'm confused. How does this work? So, yes, good question. That is confusing. So contributions and conversions are two different things. So contributions are what you actively put in there. So, Doug, yes, there may be a situation where you make too much money and you can't contribute to a Roth, which again is 6,500 
this year is the maximum, or if you're over the age of 50 or over, you can put $7,500 into a Roth. So if you make too much money, you may not be able to contribute to a Roth. Conversions, completely different. There's no income, at least today, <laughs> they could change this. As of today, there are no income restrictions on how much you can convert. Convert means taking money from an IRA and dumping it into a Roth, which you kind of described in your question. Contributions is where there's income limits where you put it directly into the Roth. So this is taking money from an IRA and dumping it into a Roth. Yes, you can do that. That's called a conversion. You have to pay the tax on it. My suggestion, Doug, for you is to pay the tax on that conversion out of your own checking account, not on the amount converting over. So for example, if you want to convert $10,000 of your IRA to your Roth, slide over $10,000 and then just pay the IRS next year for whatever that cost to move it over. Maybe it's two grand, maybe it's three grand, depends on your tax bracket. But whatever that costs, settle up with the IRS later. Don't do it with that conversion money. In my opinion, that's how you get the most bang for your buck on Roth conversions. But you can do a half million dollar conversion if you want to. I mean, you can do as much as you want. At least as of today, there's no restrictions on how much you can convert from your IRA to your Roth. You just need to be aware of what the tax bill is going to be. So hopefully that separated the two, Doug, because you kind of overlap two different concepts there. Contributions are what you actively put into the Roth. Conversions is what you take from an IRA and dump it into or convert into a Roth. All right. Hopefully that helps you out, Doug. If you want to follow up again, blackoakam.com is the website. You can also send in your question there as well. If you have one for Ryan, you'd like us to answer here on the show. But as always, you can schedule a retirement coach 360 session online at blackoakam.com. All right, let's close out the show with a little getting to know Ryan. I like to do this from time to time, the question your way, Ryan, learn a little bit more about you, uh, although we've learned quite a bit with uh, your, your daughter today. But uh, <laughs> I think this will be a fun one. What's the most flattering comment you've ever received? Flattering comment. Um... <laughs> How to be about your pitching, right? This, um, well, I know that this is like such a vain thing. This is what popped into my head. This is so vain. Um, and, and I don't know if I necessarily do look like this person, but I was in the post office and some lady like literally turns around and thought I was Bradley Cooper. <laughs> wow. The yeah, no, I'm like, see, it's so vain, so vain. I'm like, but so that's pretty, but that, pretty flattering though. Pretty flattering. I mean, that guy, wasn't he like the sexiest man alive or something like that yeah. a couple years ago something or something like, like that. that? I mean, yeah, good looking dude. Um, I'm like, well, thanks. Um, no, I, I'm not Bradley, but yeah, I don't know why that just popped into my head. It should be like my dad a few weeks ago told me that he just complimented on what a great dad I was and how much I spent time. <laughs> I'm like, I, that should have been it. But for some reason, that lady in the post office <laughs> <laughs> did you tell your wife about that? Pops in. Of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just a so reminder. Good. So good. Yeah. <laughs> that's tremendous. Yeah. I think, uh, but you're also a great father. So that's, <laughs> that's you, also there. You. All right. Let's close it out. Um, a lot of fun and, and really interesting going through this agent wisdom conversation as well. Hopefully you've gained a little bit of knowledge over the course of uh, listening to this episode with us. And if you have, please hit subscribe on the show as well. We'd appreciate that. Help us continue to grow the podcast. But Ryan, thanks for your time as always. And we'll catch up again soon. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for listening to Perfect Game Retirement. For Ryan Ledden, President and Financial Coach over at Black Oak Asset Management, I am Ben George. Take care.
The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledner, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC, Black Oak Asset Management, and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.